This is the Lynx of the Northern Plains podcast. It's our third edition, and we're doing it a little bit different this week because it's the busy season for a lot of golf courses, and so it's tough to get some times where we can go visit some places, but we're going to talk to a spot that's one of my favorite spots in the state of North Dakota. We are talking about the Lynx of North Dakota. They're just south of Tioga, up in the northwestern part of the state. Joining us this week, the head pro, Tony Carmichael up there. Tony, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Glad to be here. Tony, you are fairly new up there, I noticed, and that you have told me. And it just kind of speaks what I was saying. It's busy season. I mean, you guys have been busy. It just speaks to, you know, once we get into June in North Dakota, everybody's just trying to get out and get golfing. And, you know, it's it can be tough to schedule some things, can it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I like that, like us trying to get together, for example. Yes, um, you know, things go slow, and then boom, it's golf season, and it's, you know, it's not long, but it's uh, it's hard going, and everybody wants to play at the same time, so it's, uh, it makes it a challenge for trying to do other things. But I'm uh, very, very thankful that's, that's a problem that we have. Yeah, yeah, it can be a good problem, that's for sure. You were telling me you guys had a bit of a late start. How late was it this spring? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we were open in, in May, and we had two weekends that uh, we actually had snowfall. So, it's, it's you know, it's, it started late like last year. It, it just kept, it got warm, and it was getting ready to open, and it just got, kept getting colder and colder again. So, it was a it was a long winter, a late winter, a long one, and uh, very thankful that we're, that's over with. Yeah, how trying can that be when it's what you were telling me, you've you've been out there, before as an assistant pro but this is your first year as the head pro you took over that in march how tough is that when you know it's it's your first spring and you're already going through some trying times with some extra snow that you don't really want well it is and you know you got the uh membership wanting the course open you know wanting the tarps pulled want to play because you know one day it's like 65 degrees and and then the next day it's back in the 20 so it was um it was interesting and challenging but uh um you know, cooler heads prevailed, and very thankful that everybody was patient. We pulled the tarps, and now, you know, due, due to the great job of our agronomy staff, our, our course is in excellent condition. You talk about membership. What are the numbers like out there for you? What does traffic look like? Do you get a good number of people coming through every day, and do you get a good number of mem- memberships being, you know, further away from some communities like Tioga and Ray and, you know, a few miles east of Williston as well? Well, we, we do have uh, a fair number. Well, you know, numbers-wise, we're looking at about uh, about 80 members right now. Um, we do have lion's share of the membership being from Williston, but we do have a strong contingent of people from, uh, you know, the Ray and Tioga areas. Um, it's, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty solid from, uh, like, you know, Thursday, Friday, uh, you know, and the, the weekends. We're, 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 we're steady. Um, but... Uh, you know, we are out here, out in the northwest, and, um, you know, a little ways from everybody, but, uh, you know, the drive is well worth it because the uh, course is, and it's it's in tip-shop shape right now. Yeah, and like I said, you know, at the top, it's one of my favorites. One of my favorites, absolutely, easily one of the best here in the state of North Dakota, and it's, it's worth a visit. I'm looking forward to hopefully getting out there sometime this summer, hopefully get out there sometime soon to talk to you in person and meet you as we're... Doing this over the phone, one thing I have uh, noticed here and been trying to keep up on is your your junior programs. I feel like you guys are having you guys are having events for for kids just about every single week, whether you're hosting them 
at your own facilities or you do something it looked like here a week or two ago up in Tioga. What have you been trying to do to make sure kids are getting involved in the game and you keep things well, running through the links? Well, my uh, my assistant, uh, uh, Kayla, uh, has been running a clinic. We actually, back when we were both assistants here, we ran a clinic, uh, we, uh, a couple-day clinic at uh, Tioga Golf Club. And uh, I'm glad to see she still has that going on, um, as well as we got the PGA Junior League. Um, which we have like 50 kids, ages you know seven to 13. We got five teams out here every Monday and Wednesday. They take over the course, and uh, it's great. You know we got kids all the way from Williston, um, east of Stanley, you know, all, all throughout the, throughout the Bakken. So it's 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 pretty neat, and uh, and the kids are thrilled that they have to play a course to this caliber. Um, you know we we know it's an as much as I like working with the kids, we also know it's an important business uh, decision to uh, continue growth and, and, and to grow the game. Um, and if we get these kids playing when they're young, uh, they'll they'll better chance of them playing as they get older. You had mentioned this being your first year as the head pro, and you had been an assistant up at the links already before. Where did all this come from? How did you get up to the links of North Dakota? Where did you come from? How did you get involved in the game of golf and, you know, want to keep going to where you are now? Well, I, I guess I got involved in the game of golf because my older brother uh, was playing. And, uh, you know, he, he, be, he became a, a club pro uh, in Ohio, actually. And uh, watched, as I was growing up and watching him play, and uh, that encouraged me to want to, to play as well. And how did I get up to North Dakota? That's a great question. I'd, I'd worked... Uh, Jeff uh, Covington, who, who was pro here for five years, um, I worked with him at Castle Pines, and uh, he mentioned that he was, you know, he'd taken this job, and and uh, he called me to say, hey, I won't see you next next spring in Colorado, and I said, well, um, you know, I'm looking for a career change. I'm willing to bring go up there, and he was he was uh, on board with it, and uh, I came up here, worked a couple of summers as a, his assistant, and then. Uh, and then I went downtown Williston, worked at a club there for a couple of years as the head pro, and then uh, came back here. So it's uh, it was a great change from uh, living in Southern California. But uh, uh, the weather may not be as warm, but uh, the people are warmer. What's the added frustration then when you go through a spring where you're you're having the snow fall and you're having to deal with that? The weather, obviously, in North Dakota, to where you said you're coming from Southern California and. You never had to worry about that. You could golf any day you wanted to, just about. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, you know the people, myself included, when it's like February comes, it's like yeah, it's time to golf. Everybody wants to golf, uh, uh, myself included. And uh, and as it was, you could tell this year February wasn't time to golf. It was winter was just starting. Um, yeah, the anticipation and wanting to get you know getting I guess having cabin fever and wanting to get out to play is it's you know it's not just me. It's it's kind of. You know, around the area here, um, you know, a little frustrating. Maybe in the winter you can't go play unless you, you know, you know, go somewhere. But uh, you know, we're able to. We have a lovely facility here in Williston where we can hit balls and, and have a simulator, and uh, you know, we get by and practice and still work with the kids during the winter. Um, but uh, that's that's it. It's it's uh, getting used to. But having the seasons too is kind of nice, where you can you're also not working. Uh, we're kind of taking it easy in the winter, so we have long, long those long days in the summer, and uh, being able to take it easy in the winter is not not always a bad thing as well. 
What's this spring been like to where, I mean, I'm going around every golf course I've been to so far this spring. I mean, you can just see the hard work that's going into it because as you've mentioned, pretty much everybody had a late start to spring this year and a lot of courses are doing really well and in good shape. I don't think I've, I've been able to complain anywhere to say they've done a terrible job this spring and so much hard work has gone into it. How much can you speak about what's been, what it's been like for you guys this spring? Oh my goodness. Um, with, with all the snow and, uh, we had, and, uh, that early, um, thaw when we had that, we had that warm snap, but it got in the sixties. So, you know, it was kind of crazy here for, for about a week cause we had flooding and, you know, we had the, the ground crew had to, uh, Sandbag the uh, behind the yard, my basement to the golf shop, and because the water was coming off the hills, and there was nowhere for it to go, it, it was you know hard to believe unless you saw it. Um, and then just getting you know getting the greens ready, and uh, you know a lot of places that maybe had snow mold or other issues. Uh, fortunately, our, our crew uh, prepared diligently in the fall, and uh, once the snow was gone, and we finally got got playable the, the course is ready to go so that's uh yeah they did a lot of work in the fall and uh, the prep paid off for the spring and even though it was late uh like our greens are rolling probably as good as they ever been and, and we're going to be ready for the stage pro play coming up that's awesome let's get into that actually before we talk about you know the golf course in general and just kind of take look at some really highlighted points for your golf course such a terrific point in this state you have a big event coming up, and it's already here next week, I believe. The state stroke play. How excited are you for that? Uh, no, we're we're uh, we're proud. Um, yeah, we're 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 excited and proud to be able to host this event and uh, to be able to share our facility with the rest of the state. Um, we're looking forward to it. I know our agronomy staff is uh, is excited, and uh, you know they're taking extra care. They're you know been dropping the cuts of the greens to get them tournament ready. And uh, looking forward to see the, uh, I guess, the results and the uh, feedback we get from the uh, competitors. Let's take a look at your golf course now. As I've mentioned already a few times, one of my favorite spots. And as we talk about the opening stretch, first of all, I just kind of want to say this for the reasoning for this podcast. One thing I kind of like that'll actually be, you know, more usable today, I feel like, because, you know, I haven't been able to visit you yet this spring, and we're doing this over the phone to get this done and talk about it before we get this state stroke play done. We can kind of, what I want this to be is somebody, for people who like to travel around and see different golf courses, that they can kind of hear from the, the head pro themselves, you know, some of the best ways to play it, some of the highlights that they should be ready for. And, you know, whether it be, they like to listen to the podcast, you know, whenever, or if they want to listen to it on their drive to that golf course, they get a good idea of what to expect when they're going to that golf course. And one thing that I really, really love about the links of North Dakota, the opening stretch, the first few holes, probably one of my favorite opening stretches, you know, in any golf course that I have played, you get an easy, well, I don't want to say easy, but just, you know, fairly simple par fours to start and they're not super long you can hit iron off the tee and you have options and you have a good you know looking point for that opening first hole where you see that bunker on the left and you maybe just want to say fade it off of that and you know aim for the right side of the fairway right that's right that's right 
Yeah, the starting uh, the starting few holes, you know, three four holes with the two par fours and three of the par three, and obviously the four the the, the par five. Our holes were, you know, depending on the wind, are are you know playable. The fact is, you know, you can make a few birdies for the better player. Um, but then, as you turn off for going to five, depending on that wind, um, the, the the course starts to show its teeth. And uh, you know, being able to keep the ball low, maybe running the shots in on the greens because of the wind, uh, would be you know obviously advantageous on these on these longer holes. Um, but you know, the key out here is is one is to be patient because the course, even though it looks deceiving, it's deceivingly wide. It's wide, but uh, it can bite you. And uh, and not to probably on the, on the first few holes by the sixth hole, you you stay focused on your game instead of looking on the view over your right over your shoulder, you know, with the lake and and the uh, badlands and everything. So it, that can be just you know distracting. It could affect your game. Yeah, that's the tempting part there in that opening stretch as well. You get some good views. I think hole two is my favorite is my favorite hole on the course. It's mm-hmm. early. You get it out of the way. You can hit. I mean, you have the option if you want to. You can try and get up right around the green with a driver, depending on which tee you're playing it at and depending on the wind as well. But, you know, it's a fairly simple hole to where if you want to just hit iron, you have still a very good, probably a wedge or a short iron going into the green then as well. And it's, like you said, that backdrop, that view on those first few opening holes, you get a good look there. Another thing you mentioned is the wind, and it comes into a big playing factor when you're at the links of north dakota and it's called the links of north dakota because it's a links style golf course to where you're not worrying about tree cover you don't have that and the wind with you guys mostly up on a hill it really plays a factor is there a predominant wind that you've figured out to where it usually comes from and which holes it affects the most or is it Kind of swirl around sometimes, and you have well, to worry about it in different ways, different days. That's a good question. The answer is yes. Um, yes, there, it can swirl around, but predominantly the uh, the prevailing wind is from the northwest, and uh, that makes you know those holes coming in on you know can make uh, like six on the front when it's when when it's prevailing wind play monstrously long, and it can make holes like also on fourteen um, and sixteen, which can play. You can hit wedges in. You can hit mid. You can hit hybrids in. It, it's it's extreme conditions when when it's playing at its toughest. That uh, your approach shots can vary, you know, from day to day, you know, 10, 10 20, 30 yards. Um, and of course, seventeen, uh, our long par par three down the hill. You know, trying to hit a low ball off an elevated tee uh, could be very very demanding, and it's it is a demanding shot. And uh, it's probably one of the prettiest par threes you'll play, but uh, also can be nasty. And uh, you know, and that hitting a great shot, and then hitting a shot that receives the the Redan style green, um, you have to shape the shot properly as well to hold it. So it's quite demanding. But it's a, it's a, it's a great uh, you know as you're finishing, it's a great hole. It's a great hole. So you know, it's got something for everybody. The fairways are generous to allow, allowing for the wind. But uh, it's not really, a, you know, it's more of a second shot course anyway. So you're playing into firm. We've got the greens firm this year, very firm, and that's awesome. Um, so not necessarily hitting it long off the tee, as you mentioned on, like, number two, but putting it in a position where you're able to control the ball with the wind, either trajectory or with spin. And uh, if you're not coming in at the right angle, you're not definitely not going to be able to use spin to stop the ball. So it's... Uh, 
you know, it's a second shot course, and, uh, and that's it. That's that's it's uh, people fall in love out here because they want to bomb it because there's no trees. And if you're not bombing at your target, you're going to be in that natural grass, and you're going you're going to have a long time, you know, miserable time looking for those balls. But uh, when you do hit the fairway, we got these tight bank grass lies, and uh, just so solid and so soft. It's just so nice to hit off of, and the ball reacts true, and you hit it solid, it's going to stop. You mentioned hole 17 and such a demanding par three, and it's something I really appreciate about appreciate about the golf course as well. Is the par threes to where? These days, it feels like everyone's. A lot of people say to make a par three tougher, you just make it longer. You don't need these 250 yard par threes to make them so much tough. And what you have up there with the wind playing such a factor, you get it already on that opening stretch in hole three to where you're playing a little bit down below the hill. And if you're hitting a high ball flight with that northwest wind, it's going to hurt you right there as to where hole three then becomes really tough. But. I mean, most of your par threes, the first three par threes, and then before 17, they're short par threes. Yep. Uh, the, the par threes are, are short but um, and birdieable, obviously, but with the, with the wind and you're trying to control your ball flight with short irons or wedges, it uh, may not be as easy as one may think. So they're, they're challenging. Uh, and then obviously we get to the long hole uh, or longer par three on 17, um, yes, it plays, you know, depending on which tee, it plays uh, 10 to 15 yards, uh, you know, even 20 yards downhill, depending on, on which tee you hit. Uh, still, uh, they're not walk-away par threes. They're, they're all demanding. And uh, it calls for specific shots and specific pin placements, and, um, which I like because the greens are big enough, and, yes, they're short enough on the par threes. Uh, the higher handicap can hit a, a wedge or nine iron into the fat of a green and make a par. But for a good player to get out there and try to eat it up, eat up going at the pins, making birdies, it is very challenging. So that's where the course is well designed, makes it playable for the higher handicap, and makes it demanding for the for the lower handicap or scratch player who's trying to score. So I think it's the par threes are very uh, representative of that of, of that design. And you talk about pin placements on the par threes, and I think one where it becomes, you could maybe argue the most difficult is hole eight. Eight is such a unique green to where you have that big big bowl front and center. How many different pin placement options do you use on hole number eight? Well, as big as the green is, which is one of our larger greens, there's only uh, six, seven pin spots. That's that's about it, and uh, you know we got we got a uh, couple on the shelf on the two or three on the right, you know, three sh- on the left, and a, and a couple down in the bowl. And uh, it's it, like the green's huge, but it's not deep, so that makes it that much more challenging in club selection. I don't think of every time I've been there, I've ever seen the pin in the lower bowl. How often do you have it down there? We, we try to keep it down as well, much as we can, especially when we've got. Uh, you know, if we got the kids playing, or it's, it's a little more fun. I can't, how can I say it's a little more fun because you can hit it. You can use the bowl to stop the ball. Um, but I probably, you know, just along with the other pins, it's probably thirty percent of the time keeping it from one shelf to the other and then the bowl. Um, obviously, uh, our, our regular players would prefer it in the bowl uh, more than not. So it's a little more forgiving. You've talked about you know the fairways being fairly forgiving and shots off the tee being you know, 
part supposed to be part of the easier parts of this golf course and it's a really second shot demanding golf course one thing that's noticeable and you've also talked about the fairway bunkers and their placements because there's there's so many different options off the tee with five different tees to be able to play from how unique and just kind of the the fairway bunkering how what do you have to say about you know where they are placed in their exact points and how tough they can be created if well, you ended up finding uh, them? Well, except um, the the course is exceptionally uh, well designed, um, but the placement of the fairway bunkers you know, very strategic, and is as wide open as the fairways are, allowing for the wind and being a link style course. Um, the temptation is to get up there and bomb one, um, and depending on the tees you play. Uh, you know, if you, you you really have to be careful when you hit your tee shot. Now, I know I said it's a second shot course, but you do have to be smart when hitting your shots off the tee because you might hit a, you could hit a great drive and put yourself in, you know, it's the wrong play. Put yourself in jail with one of our cross bunkers or, or hitting it through your landing area. So it's in, it's in one of our ferry bunkers on the right or left. Um, yeah. So it's it's still like I said, it's very wide fairies wide because of the wind and great to hit off of but you do have you just can't get up there and bomb it you got to think your way around the course and think how you know it was designed and where the intention landing areas are you got to keep that in mind even though there's no trees and it's wide open you, you, you can't you can't uh, play without you know play well without thinking about those aspects right and i would think the place where they come in to play the most would be on the par fives there are some really well-placed bunkers on the par fives because that's when you're really thinking hey i gotta come up here and i gotta bomb one how often do you think it needs to be played as you know you have to be able to play the par five smart enough to where you're thinking you know you might want to depending on the wind especially might want to take a maybe even a shorter club off the tee to where everyone sometimes automatically thinks hey it's par five i gotta pull driver here well that's right um the nice thing about this design, which is, as you know, it's 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 just a phenomenal place to play, is it gives you these options, and it's designed to the point it's for the stronger player, based on a teaser plan to go. Well, can I take this driver over this over these bunkers, or do I, you know, hit a hybrid or a three wood and hit it short of these bunkers and then maybe play for, you know, a, a three wood in or, or perhaps, you know, laying up to hit a wedge into some of these greens depending on the pin placements. Um, it's you got to think, um, and the bunkers are penal. You, you may have to may have to just pitch out and get it back in the fairway. You may not be able to advance it. So it's it's, it's something you really have to uh, be aware of when you're placing your tee shots on these par fives. All four par fives are so different from each other too. Do you do you have one that you would say is the toughest one out there? Because you have the longer ones on ten and eighteen, the ones on the back nine. I feel like I always struggle on hole eighteen just because. I've derailed my round by whole 16, 17, and 18. Now, I always struggle with that closing stretch for whatever reason. But do you have one that you would say is the toughest one out there? Not so much because of the distance, because 10's the longest one, and I feel like I always love that hole. Yeah, no, I uh, I got to say the toughest, even though the wind may be helping, if, depending on the angle of the of the wind on 18, uh, you know, I think 18, because... Because you mentioned a plane 16 and 17, that all right, what kind of frame of mind are you in when you get to the 18th tee? And, uh, and it slopes, you know, severely right to left, 
and for the longer hitter, they want to get up. You want to? Well, I want to get up there and, and hit, a, hit, hit a rope right. Just miss those bunkers on the right, and then you're you're in the garden spot. But you know, then that temptation it looks so wide open. It's downhill. I want to hit it. I want to get home in two. Um, and but it's very uh, penal as well. You miss the fairway left. You catch that hill. It may go out of bounds, or it may be in some thick uh, fescue rough that you're going to be able to maybe pitch up 100, 110 yards, just get it back and play. It's it's it was probably easier the first time I played it because I didn't realize what the issues were. I got up there, and then now it's like, you know, focus on your target, hit it there because if you don't, you're going to you're going to find those bunkers on the right, or it's going to get in the junk on the left, and it it may it makes it a, a, a really challenging par five. Because without that ideal tee shot, now you bring in the cross bunkers in the play in your second shot, and you're, you know you think your troubles are over. They may have just begun. So that to me, 18 is my. It's the one par five you nearly need to. Uh, it's nice to birdie, but you need to respect it off the tee. As we talked about, 10 being the longest par five, then you go to the shortest hole right after that hole, 11, and it may seem like such an easy par three because, you know, depending on what tee you're playing from, it can be. Anywhere from 100 to 130 yards, which seems like, oh, this is an easy par three. But it's a little bit deceiving to where, especially if you have that strong northwest wind, you're going back into that. And if you put it in that bunker, you're in trouble. Well, yeah, the bunker, putting in that bunker uh, makes four an exceptionally good score. And that bunker definitely brings five into play. And when you got a 90 or 100-yard shot and you walk off with a five, not a, not a great feeling going up to... Uh, going up to the 12th tee box. Um, and like I said before, with that prevailing wind, you're hitting little little wedges, but now you got to, you know, maybe take the spin off it, drop down the ball flight, and uh, it's a challenging shot for, for all levels. And uh, that bunker or leaving it short to that to a front pin, uh, not not good. And, and you just kind of walk off kind of kicking yourself because... Uh, you're thinking, well, I got a wedge in my hands. This could be a scoring, even though it's a par three. I could maybe score here, make a birdie, and uh, not easier said than done. That's one of the things that I love looking into, to where you think of what were they thinking about when this was designed and how this was done, because that's probably the most important stretch of the golf course. Well, you could easily throw in 16, 17, and 18, obviously, as well. But with 12 or with 11, you mentioned that if you walk off that hole with a five after having wedged in your hands off the tee, that hurts. And then, if I remember right, 12, I could probably argue, is the most demanding tee shot, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, again, uh, into the wind, it just plays long. Uh, downwind, you, you, you really can't play too aggressively because that. Through the, I call it the landing area. It's all fairway. It, as you get up there, you know, past the 150, 140 mark, it starts to slope hard left and gets narrow. So you're going to run into, you know, the best case scenario. Then if you hit it too far, is you run into the, into the cart path, it maybe saves you. But uh, uh, it, it's it's downwind. It's it's like now. What do I hit? Do I hit driver? Do I hit a hybrid? Do I hit an iron? It, it becomes like playing a par three. You have to you have to pick the right club, even though the fairway's wide. You have to pick the right club off the tee. Or, you know, you're looking at a six, and like that quick. And so you can go five, six without even thinking. You look back, what did I just do? Because this looked like it's wide open. There's no problems. I, I you know, you made a poor decision. So it's, uh, you're right. It's uh, that 12 hole is, uh, 
you got to hit it in the right spot and and in the right distance. If not, you think you hit a good shot and you've hit it into trouble. 13's then a fun little short uphill par four, and you get to 14 to where we talked about the fairway bunkers. Yep. You, you have, depending on the wind, I mean, you have whatever it is, whatever yardage, it's probably close to 100 yards between bunkers on the right to that kind of standout bunker kind of towards the middle of the fairway on the left. And like I say, depending on the wind, you could very well find yourself close to either of those two bunkers, even though they're so far apart. And that's what I think makes hole 14 really cool. Well, that's right. That's right. Those bunkers um, on on the right up there, they don't don't look like much. And some guys who want want to draw the ball or, you know, hit a little more of a hook and keep the ball low, they would try to play off of there. But, man, it's... uh, I, I don't like playing off the, you know, I, I like to stay away from those <laughs> because it's just it, it's just a, an issue. You know, even if you don't go on the bu- on those bunkers, you're in that fescue rough, and and uh, as it's getting hotter, it's going to become a little more docile. But uh, it's been so cool in the spring that that rough is not. Uh, it looks innocent and looks, looks nice with the ball sitting there on top of it, but it uh, that fescue is tricky to hit out of. I much I much rather play out of that bent fairway. And uh, not to mention that if you're playing the tees up with the, like the regular three tees, um, you're bringing the cross bunker up there into play, and you think you've hit one right down the middle, and you get up there and you're like, you're not good. So then again, there becomes that club selection that I talked about on uh, on 12. Also applies if the wind is if it's downwind on uh, on 14. I mentioned earlier, hole two is probably my favorite on the golf course. Is there one that you would say you have a signature hole in the golf course, and does then 15 come into play into that? Because I know 15 is a really wonderful-looking hole. Well, it's funny you bring up 15 because that's the number that came to my mind. That, uh, you know, shaping a ball off that bunker, um, and you got all those options, and as you walk up there, and then you see the views looking over uh, uh, over the lake, and... Uh, that you know that flag with no there's no trees or anything behind it it's uh uh and you just see the shot you got your option to bump it in right of the bunker or flying it to the front edge of the green and uh, just the view is outstanding the the panoramic view i have from your approach shot on 15 i i think it matches anything that i've, I've ever seen anywhere else where i played if not better and on hole 16 it's so much such a fun par four because it makes you really think i told i've talked about you know my derailing rounds on those last three holes in 16 you have a lot of bunkers up by the green it is a short par four you think you can you can get a score here and i can't i could probably count how many times i've hit it on the fairway and still walked off with double or maybe even worse because i mean you think about it so much because you think you have such an easy hole but you hit a good tee shot that fairway is not exactly forgiving because you're not always going to have the most even lie going into that green, and it it probably wants to push you to a shot looking at towards those bunkers. It, it absolutely um, sloping from left to right. It it definitely does want to push you over to those bunkers. Um, and two, we're on top of the hill. You know, uh, 15 is a little bit. You know, as you get to the green, it's protected, and you don't hear it, you don't feel it so much at the tee. But as you move over to the 16, it's more open to the wind. And you have those issues like we talked about on like little wedge on uh, 11. Uh, you may have 135, 150, and you think I'll just hit a little, little short iron or mid iron, and 
you know, you, you can hit it, you can be posing, feeling good about it, and you're 10 yards short of the green. That's if you hit it on target. Um, it's, it's, it's really tricky because you, you may not feel the wind where you are, but you know it's there. And, uh, and then you, you know, you got your, you're trying to keep it low so you come off it or don't catch it, and then uh, those nasty four bunkers on the right, uh, you'll be visiting them. Then we move 17, we talk about how tough that that par three can be. I mean, you can play so long, and we have the, you talk about the state stroke play coming up next week to where you might, you know, you have options to where you can play that hole 230-plus yards, and we talk about that northwest wind to where it's coming straight into you. How often, especially if you're having to play a back tee, or a long, make that hole really longer. If the wind's up, how often does driver come in as a possibility or in those longer clubs on hole 17? It, it does. You know, for the average, um, you know, if you're average mid-handicapper to, you know, bogey golfer, uh, driver, you know, driver, if they move back to the fours or the fives, uh, tees, driver's definitely a play. Um, I, I remember one day playing up to the, you know, the regular tees with the three tees. About four years ago, I, I came on and I pulled out a three-wood, and I hit it. And I think anybody sane that day, we would have been in the clubhouse having a coffee. But we were uh, we were all playing, and we and uh, it was just it was just you know wind into your face, and you're and I got up there and you know, I hit a three-wood at the back of the green. It was I just laughed because it was a 180-yard shot downwind. I mean downhill. So it's. It's you know out here it's 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 tricky and, and and the wind like you said at times it can come in from the northwest and then party around switch and come from the east and one isn't really more softer wind than the other it, it's it can be it can be gusting up to you know nice day seven eight mile an hour wind gusting up to twenty twenty five on a bad day yeah and that's what another thing that just it makes the course so unique because like we said you're you kind of on top of that hill you're coming off the lake and the river and the wind plays such a factor. It's such a fun course to where it's set up so well, and then you get to that 18th hole, and sometimes you're just mentally drained on that 18th hole. So for that closing stretch, going into 18, you're the head pro. What do you think is the best way to play that 18th hole? Well, if I'm feeling good, um, especially playing if you're playing up with the member tees on uh, hole T3, I'm feeling good. I'll uh, I'll, I'll hit the driver, and I'll, and I'll you know want to get home in two. Um, if not, I'll uh, I'll probably bring out my hybrid and uh, hit a little you know little draw started at that bunker on the right those bunkers we talked about and just hit a little draw and get get it into the fat of the fairway and that way I'm able to uh, you know turn it into a three shot hole but keep it in play and uh, hopefully make no worse than five. All right, Tony, as we've wrapped up now looking through the course, one thing I I like going through with with each each head pro that I visit each course that I visit. You get the different parts of your golf course, and it's nice to see what different people think about when they think about their favorite parts of a golf course or any, you know, think about different golf courses. One thing that I'm doing, you know, I asked the head pro, pick three holes from your golf course. If you're going to be building a golf course, you can choose three holes from your golf course and then three other holes from around the world. You pick one par three, one par four, and one par five from any course in the world. I mean, obviously, I mean, you have some really good choices with your course trying to narrow it down to just three. Well, uh, the three, wow. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, obviously, 15. I like, you know, that stretch of uh, 
I think I like that stretch of, uh, I probably should throw a par five in there too, but I, I like that stretch of 14, 15, 16. Yeah, that's a, that's a really different, it doesn't, it's a cool doesn't stretch. like me, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. I like it. Well, um, and it's fun because, I mean, those are all par fours and they yeah. play so much different. Yeah. yeah and, they're, and they're not, they're not easy. Um, and three other courses, three other holes. Well, I, I like, uh, obviously I like the, uh, Eighth hole at uh, Pebble Beach, that's pretty nice. I guess I'd throw that in there. And uh, boy, two more holes. Okay, let's go with a par three. <laughs> I like probably the uh, one of my favorite par threes is the eleventh uh, hole at uh, Castle Pines. All right. That elevated tee over that water. Yeah. And then the par five, uh, probably the sixth hole, uh, the desert course at the uh, at the Vintage Club in uh, indian wells california all right i will have to that one doesn't uh, pop up straight in my mind i can't picture that one so i'll have to look that one up that's, that's, that's a, a yeah that's it's a good hole that's and, a cool uh, variety fazio design there it's a good hole and uh you know that's a, yeah that's that's one of my favorite holes all right castle pines and a couple california courses definitely some good options we've covered a lot we covered a golf course you have the state stroke play coming up you got some youth good youth programs yes. is there anything else you know that we haven't covered I didn't bring you to a question I didn't ask that you would want to talk about. Anything else here before we finish up that you want to add in? Well, just to uh, you know, mention that uh, the Stroke plays here, and we're, we're very fortunate to have that. Um, for those who haven't played here, it's uh, for those who walk, it's a great walk. It's absolutely gorgeous. There's views here that you won't have anywhere else in the state. And uh, condition-wise, once again, um, our wall-to-wall tees, greens, fairways, which are bent, outstanding condition and i i don't want to sound you know a brag but i don't think you'll find a better condition golf course uh uh anywhere we're, we're proud of uh, the product we have it's nice to hear that you guys are in good shape up there look forward to visiting up there this summer again and and that's good to hear i hope the state stroke play goes well hope the rest of the summer goes well and tony thank you so much for joining us and thank you uh thanks for the opportunity and thank you for your time Again, thanks to head pro Tony Carmichael and everyone at the Links of North Dakota. Truly one of the better destinations in North Dakota. Thanks to all of you for listening and stay tuned as we continue to search the Northern Plains for some of the best golf courses. Talk to you soon.